Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. It's time to get a gun. That's what I've been thinking. Well, I could afford one. And if I did just a little less drinking, time to put something between me and the sun. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio, episode 505, recording live on Wednesday, May 3rd. I'm one of your hosts, Mo. I'm Adriel, unmuted. (laughs) I'm Kyle. And I'm Dave. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Gentlemen. Wow. Gentlemen. Mo, I thought you'd been around here long enough to not. Yeah, anyway. I was being I'm going to take that as being facetious. <laughs> no, no, I, I meant it. I meant it. Um, we'll get into what we did with guns. We will start with Kyle this week. Well, as fitting for tonight's show, I went and shot Steel Challenge here locally on uh, Saturday. They had five stages set up, and yeah, it's a good day. Got uh, buddy came out, shot his really his first competition period. So that was cool. And uh, yeah, I opted to shoot limited with my uh, STI, and then I took the Zev out and shot Curie Optics. So it was fun. I definitely got to spend more time shooting pistol, and I need to fix the front sight on my STI because it moves around quite a bit. It's actually loose. It, I don't know if it's going to show on camera, but you can... Oh, yeah. yes, yeah. that shows on camera. That's like a eighth of an inch. That's bad. It, yeah, it, it doesn't help. So no. <laughs> all the issues, but it doesn't help. <laughs> no. And I definitely got to shoot dot more because the dot just won't stop moving around. I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I keep waiting for it to settle, but it doesn't. Who cares? <laughs> just let it rip. Yeah, yeah. Shoot. put it on there. Bang. Yeah. But uh, overall, not too bad. I actually ended up getting better times with the Zev than I did the STI, which shooting an optic, you would expect that. And uh, ended up shooting third overall for centerfire pistol with the carry optics and sixth overall with my uh, in limited. And there was 16 guns being shot in for a centerfire pistol. So nice. So, yeah, Congrats. definitely. Some definite room for improvement, and now I well I paid for we had the meeting beforehand just to go over what we're gonna do for the match and everything, and I paid for my membership, so now I have a key to the target shed, including the seal target targets, so I can take those out whenever I want, go set them up on a bay, and train. Nice. So other than that, I ordered some stuff. I ordered some pistol ammo, so I got a thousand rounds. Of this uh, Magtech 124 grain, and it was basically like taxes and shipping ended up costing something like thirty bucks. You got taxes down there? Uh, I thought yeah, there's still Canada, Canada thing only. Yeah, no, it's just not <laughs> as high. <laughs> um, but yeah, it would end up being two hundred and ninety-five dollars to my door, U.S. 
and I got and they two day shipping. So it's not terrible. Oh. Yeah. I also bought some new fiber optic rod because I turns out I was out, so I can replace the fiber optic on my STI and then I well, because I am such a great pistol shooter and I just it's just been a pain in the butt not knowing if it's a hole in hole. I bought some uh overlays. I'm not that good of a pistol shooter, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> the trick is that you always claim there's two there. Exactly. And I shouldn't yeah. have bought these so that I don't have to prove it. There, see? And so it came with this little aluminum case and little card knife and that, but kind of ever. Uh, I think that even a magnifier. But uh, so that nice little handy kit for the old man eyes. <laughs> Pretty sure that's a 45. Get the magnifier in there. <laughs> Uh, if you have to look at the perf that closely, just give it to him. <laughs> uh, and then what's yet to come, I bought some uh, dovetail punches for set and front sights because I'm not paying two to $300 for a sight pusher right now. And I got mine yeah. for 50 bucks on Amazon. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember what else was in that okay. order. But, uh, yeah, so soon I will have that set up and fixed. And, yeah, so that was basically what I did and am doing. It's actually looking at prices. It, I'm debating if I was debating if uh, I was going to do, do much reloading because those ended up, I think they're like 27, 28 cents a round for those pistol out, mm. those pistol rounds. Oh. And, it's getting yeah. close where it's not if I order it's not really worth it to reload especially with primers at $125 a thousand yeah yeah yeah. but if I'm making those gamer rounds for steel challenge well then maybe maybe then <laughs> maybe but uh, yeah uh, Dave how about you what did you do in guns this week Oh, I attended the in, one of the intro days with the Ontario Rifle Association up at Borden on Sunday. Uh, it pissed rain all day. Um, it was nice in the morning when they did the classroom, and then shortly after they hit the range, it poured rain. So we need to work on some of our uh, some of our optimizing how things work on the range to make sure everything goes goes uh, a touch more smoothly. It was pretty decent, but there's always improvements that we can make. Uh, thanks to Chris W, he came out and uh, and ran the butts for the day, which was great. And uh, yeah, we had about 30 shooters. Everybody had a good time. We do a little classroom thing in the morning uh, and then do uh, practical 300-yard shooting in the afternoon. So we had mostly people who brought their own guns out. Uh, used to be all new shooters. Now it's a lot of people who just want to come shoot their guns at 300 yards. Has never had a chance to do it. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was hilarious that people come out to the range wearing blue jeans and sneakers when it's like 90% chance of rain all day. And I got wet. <laughs> I got very, very wet. And it very was a bit wet. windy. Yeah. So if you're ever, if you're ever going out to the range, just, just check the forecast and dress for it. And then we had this one, uh, father and son came out full rain gear, like head to toe. They just stood it, stood there in the downpour all day and eh, whatever. They were fine. So that was good. And then, uh, I'll save the other one for later. Um, yeah, that was it. How about you, Adriel? Oh, I did some stuff. Uh, I went to uh, did a couple of maple seeds, double header. 
Chaz and Sherwood Park. Very good. Um, kit was all squared away. That was all um, pretty easy to get going. I did get a sunburn, so mission accomplished there. Uh, I said I was going to. Actually, I didn't even burn. I just, now I've got like, I got a tan, like, like this half is tanned and this half is not because I was wearing a hat the whole time. And uh, yeah, I got this, I got a pretty mean, uh, uh, not quite Neapolitan uh, tan going on, but getting there, getting there. Um, did the Maple Seed shoot boss call on Monday, just to kind of go through some of the stuff with them, set up some more events. And then uh, I ordered a nicer hunting uh, rifle for this year, uh, just uh, just yesterday, actually. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard about it. It sounds like high quality. It's it's a high point, uh, nine millimeter. Oh, yeah, yeah. High point for high quality. I think so. I think that's what they're going for, right? And uh, or you have to be that. high to oh. buy one. <laughs> no, 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 no. That I think they mean that you reach the high point of your gun buying now. Dave, you're muted if you're trying to like chip in there, but. Uh, Five round mags, so it's legal for hunting, and it's more than two forty three, so I can use that for hunting in Alberta, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The real Dave, reason I bought muted. it, it was uh, on, on just on uh, Streamyard. You're you're muted, Dave. So the real reason I bought it was it was four ninety nine, and it comes with a hundred and seventy dollar red dot, like a, a bushnell. <laughs> uh, um, 125, which is uh, like I, I looked up the prices. I'm like, ah, there's like a hundred dollar red dot. Nah, they're 170 bucks right now on sale. So uh, I think that's a pretty good deal, right? That's a good deal. Yeah. Good value. Yep. Good value. Good value. And then the PC. I don't. I don't really have a PCC at the moment. So uh, yeah, I'll review that. And uh, yeah, um, maybe I can like unmute. Oh, I can't unmute no. because you, he chose to mute himself. Yeah, you have to. Oh, um, wrong button. I muted. Go. I, got, I got two buttons. I was going to say you still don't have a functional PCC, but you know, <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've heard okay things about the high uh, point. No, we've had a few out at our matches, and I mean uh-huh. they work most of the time, <laughs> more or less. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I couldn't. You know me. I can't resist a price, good deal. Though. Yeah, for that price, whatever. I mean, that's who cares. At, what were the ones last, like two weeks ago or something like that? I was looking at them. They're three ninety nine, but this is cheaper if you take the value of that red dot. It's far mm-hmm. cheaper. You basically got the gun for three hundred bucks. So, <sighs> yeah, a little yeah, more than that, maybe, like but that. whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's so cheap. I stopped and I was like, "Okay, wait. I know this is a piece of shit." Uh, what are my other options and and what, what what am I looking at right now? And so I looked at the like the Ruger PC carbine and the sub 2000, that kind of thing. They're all like 850 or so. So, um, and that's 850 for the Ruger PC carbine. That's like the fold, like the take apart, take down version. It's not the cool one with the yeah. AR stuff on it. That one's like 1100 bucks. So, get yourself a nice uh, BT for like 3500 for a PCC. Yeah, no, 300 bucks. <laughs> For three hundred bucks for the gun, it's it's worth it, even if it is a piece of crap and is mostly reliable. Like just to have that as a it. fun. Yep, and I'll sell it. I'll do some reviews on it. And I'll sell it. That's what I should be doing with more <laughs> of my guns. Actually, I should I should move some more of my inventory. I don't need all these things. I should sell some of them and buy some new stuff. <laughs> That's not uh, selling. It's rotating. Rotating inventory. Yeah, move the inventory up. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Keep it fresh. Yeah. 
Oh, I got some primers in. I don't know if I mentioned that. Those uh, Ginex ones from uh, Tenda. And then, so this that, that that deal was at Tenda. And then I asked the guys, like, hey, does anyone want anything? And one of the guys piped in and said, like, small rifle. <laughs> small rifle primers. Nice. They're so cheap. Yeah. The 9mm is coming down in price, but the 223 is still pretty expensive. So it's still worth it to reload 223. Yeah. It's getting closer on 9mm yeah. for sure. I was finding some 223 for like 44 cents around. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, then it's coming soon then. So reload. What? Don't reload a ton because the cheap ammo might be coming back our way soon. Might be. You know, it's a sad day when we look at 44 cents around for 223 and go, wow, that's not bad. <laughs> that was that was a pretty good deal. As If that's brass case, that's a pretty good deal in like three years ago, four years ago. Yeah. And two, well, two, I remember mine, ev- like every time there's been a rush on uh, or a panic, two, two, three gets stupid expensive. So like 44 cents within the last even 10 years is still pretty good. Yeah. It is the most popular round in North America yeah. by far. Yeah. yeah. And that was PMC bronze. Oh, good no. stuff. Hey, that's yeah. That's, that's good stuff. Like. That's in the US. Yeah. That's uh, actually same place. I bought this pistol ammo from. Like they send us emails and yeah, they got it on sale for four hundred and ten dollars a thousand, wow. down from four twenty nine for PMC fifty five grain full metal jacket. Wow. Nice. Okay. Good prices are coming to Canada soon. Then bring it on. We finally saturated <laughs> the American market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Mo, what about you? What'd you do with guns this week? Uh, on Saturday, I went to an Ipsic match at. Uh, the, my local range, the Montreal one, CTM. I had had been, I think, almost two months since I did a mat an IPSC match for which since I started. I think that was the longest period I have gone. Um, it was inter- It was interesting. The two guys that were uh, match directors for it, William and Olivier, they always try to come up with something uh, fun and different. So they had a um, uh, a larger caliber squad. And one of the guys, I didn't get to watch them shoot, but one of the guys was going to be shooting a 460. And uh, there were a couple of a couple of Desert Eagles and some other stuff. Uh, and the first time I saw actually saw the 460 round, man, she's a she's a big boy. And uh, so that, yeah, Scurthy, yeah, yes. yeah, something that comes out of a handgun. <laughs> so. Um, and uh, I didn't, so like I said, I didn't get to see them shoot. And my, my friend Louis was standing outside when they did. And he told me it was very loud of the outside of the indoor range. So um, then what else happened there? I, uh, Guy, who listens to our show, Guy, hello. Uh, he was, he, sh- he was shooting his revolver because he tends to do a lot of the matches with revolver. And I think it's the first time I saw somebody shoot revolver in an Ipsit match. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's not many of them out there. Right. So, and I was really impressed on how, quickly he reloads and stuff it's pretty impressive to see to see him go um and then that was that for myself like i said i hadn't done it i hadn't shot in almost two months and uh, there was definitely rust and i hadn't been i hadn't been probably oh, admitted i hadn't been dry fire practicing at all i hadn't shot at all uh i used the bull again in the classic division the 1911 and i struggled with it so i'm probably gonna go back to production and shoot the tanfolio next uh so I'll see for the next match. Um, then the next day was supposed to be uh, ORPS in Stittsville. They were going to do the April and May courses of fire, but we got an email. I actually got the email while I was at the IPSC match that 
uh, due to heavy rain and wind, they they were going to cancel it and move it uh, move it to another date. So unfortunately, I didn't have that on Sunday. I was looking forward to it. Um, then I ordered uh, CCFR was having a sale on their site, so I ordered these beautiful little mugs. Nice. Well, uh, for my coffee and stuff. Yeah, your, and, your coffee. <laughs> yeah, coffees. And and your and your whiskey and. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Still uh, coffee, even though it's got whiskey in it. Just yeah. Saying. Exactly. And then uh, last night, my friend Gabriel and I went to uh, the Cornwall Range uh, to do a little rimfire practice, and it worked out nice. It was a rainy night, but uh, we were shooting like the uh, the rifle section at Cornwall is is covered, and um, so it didn't it didn't bother us. And we got to practice, and uh, they so for, actually first time I've been there as a member. So and I think the same for him, and uh, as. We got there. Uh, we met. Well, the one guy that was there was, uh, I think his name is Alexander from uh, Affordable Optics and Rifle Reviews and stuff. So that's pretty neat. He was, I guess, he was doing some work for a future video. And uh, and then we did our we did our practice. And the range has uh, like all the prop. They have a tank trap and barrel and all that stuff. So we got to run some between the two of us. We got to do some stages and stuff. Nice. Uh, it's only at 50, 50 and a hundred meters. So like nothing, you know, longer than that, but still it was good. To, for me, it was good for practice, like the, the positional stuff. So um, that's really it. So, but it was a, it was a good weekend. Like I said, I wish the ORPS didn't get canceled, but that's that. Uh, we will move on to upcoming events. Uh, there is a, a red deer gun show May 6th and 7th. Um, so definitely check that out if you're anywhere local. Um, if you'd like to join a Maple Seed, uh, there's plenty on the calendar. You can go to mapleseedrifleman.com forward slash events uh, to find something local to you. Uh, if you want to try to find a three-gun match, you can go to threegun.ca. And the EOSC Summer Blast uh, Level 3 Epsic match is, still has a few spots left in, on the Thursday slot for July 27th, but uh, there's not many left. And then on Saturday, uh, May 6th, there's a, for the ORA C, uh, CQC Rifle Pistol Match at Borden. Uh, you, can, you can sign up for that uh, through Practice Score. And uh, that's that. Anything else? Not that I know of. Okay. Oh, actually, uh, May 20th. We don't have to actually announce it right now, but uh, yeah, May 20th is <laughs> a three-gun match in Peace River. Nice. Cool. Okay. We don't have to announce it right now, but we just did. Let's, <laughs> Let's do it. Don't hold anything back. It was already yeah. coming out of my mouth, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll get into uh, the news. Um did the liberals do anything this this week? Actually, we have a liberal correspondent with us, Dave. Dave, would you like to give us <laughs> the news from uh... nothing worthwhile? <laughs> what has your party done now, Dave? <laughs> well, we guarantee all Canadians will be safe going forward for all um, time, well, as long finally. as we ban just one more gun, mm. plus no more mass shootings in the states. Thank God. I mean, thank non-denominational, gender-neutral deity. Mm. Why is there a deity? Like, 
Or, I thought we were all supposed to be the same. Or not. Your choice. We don't judge here at the Liberal Party. <laughs> <laughs> we okay. put some amendments out. Mendicino had a little, you know, seance. <laughs> Talk to everyone. <laughs> Yeah. I can I cannot watch him speak anymore. It just uh it's, it's I forced myself to watch the whole thing and uh, just because I need to know just how vile the people I'm going to be dealing with are. And it interesting when you watch him talk or there was an interesting article called uh, the stunning fall of Marco Mangino. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting just about how, I don't know, everybody that the liberals get to come out front, they eventually just seem to get fired or go away because they just trip over their own. They just trip over their own tongues. Yeah. Constantly yeah I think over. they were big on Christian, like kind of moving up in the part. I mean, she obviously did, but now she's just, that's still the plan, isn't it? Uh, go go <laughs> for it. Go for it. Because the Canadian public will not take to her. Yeah, well, no, no they get these people to take these positions so that they have a fall person. Yeah. Could be. So Marco, yeah, he marched out his thing. But uh, it's very interesting. If you watch him talk, he reminds me. And somebody pointed this out, and now I can't unsee it. You know the point in Men in Black when the wife confronts the guy that the bug is using as a skin suit, and he pulls his head, pulls his skin behind his face, goes, "How about now?" <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see Marco, that's exactly what I think. He's got this weird, huge, goofy grin. He just can't wipe off his face, and I don't know why, because he's up there going, "You know, we're going to stop mass shootings." Big grin. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing, and you can tell. Him and Justin, if you watch them very close, yeah, not even all that closely, it's fairly obvious. You don't even have to freeze frame it. They have these weird twitches. Like when you watch Justin talk about stuff, every time he lies, he gets this little fleeting smirk on his face for like a <clears> just <throat> a flash, like one frame. And Marco does the it's same a thing. Lot. Watch yeah, I was going to say they, it should be like, like almost a, like a perma smile now. Yeah, you know? they're, they're smirking <laughs> constantly. Yeah, or on the ground twitching. If, if you yeah. watch that uh, that press conference and you try to count how many times they just outwardly lie, uh, you lose count pretty quickly. Pretty quickly, yeah. It is. And did you notice that they are, every time he opens his mouth lately about gun control or anything, actually, about sec three, two or three sentences into it, and the conservatives want your children dead. Vote <laughs> like they're yeah, well, in they're, they're trying to use it as a wedge, right? Oh, absolutely. It's a, a patently obvious uh, attempt at a wedge. And uh, they are trying to ban the Air 15 assault style weapons. I heard that one. That's a, that's a new one. Oh, style. Um, yes. Yeah. Throwing, no, throwing the Air 15 on there. Like they're, they're mm. Air 15 assault style weapons. Oh, yeah. All yeah. Of them. yeah. <laughs> well, what are we actually getting out of this case? Okay, so they said they're doing an amendment. Uh, the amendment's like, okay, they're going to use the uh commission's uh definition of an assault weapon and they're gonna ban all of them which they just took them from the liberals party so c21 yeah it's, it's semi-auto detachable mag that could take more than five rounds and they're like that's what we're putting in um and all magazines um that are more than five will have to be chopped down so that they can never take more than five never never yeah. all long gun all long gun magazines never mind yeah. it's a rim fire so um that this is a this is a a, a rimfire i'm just gonna go temporarily a rimfire 2 magazine do i gotta chop 
Am I going to have to chop this thing? How many 22 shorts does that hold? Lots. Like 20? Uh, I don't know. Lots. <laughs> Am I going to have to chop this down? Like, uh, yes, yes. We'll, we'll just, we'll just go with yes. But, uh, that's, that's the long and, and short. I'm actually glad they went with that definition on their magazines. Cause as you know, I'm an accelerationist. And, uh, I think that <laughs> if they introduce uh, uh, a law that you have to chop tube magazines and chop your 303 magazine in half, I think it'll make left leaning FUDs in areas that count, not like Alberta. Um, but left leaning FUDs maybe in yeah. the East vote against the liberals they might be like oh i don't like that i'm gonna vote the conservatives this time i think the liberals have done something wrong and if that happens fantastic i will deal with the temporary discomfort of uh of that nonsense if it awakens the uh left-leaning fuds and makes them vote differently that would be good i know a lot of my hunting buddies were pretty uh and a lot of them have 303s a lot of them have 303 and so yeah all of a sudden they're like well i'll just pin it and i'm like Oh, uh, no, never. No, that's going to be never. Good language. Yeah. They change the language. It's like, yeah. it's no longer a pinning because they say never again. It will never again hold it. So, uh, uh, uh that's not a permanent modification. That's a permanent Lock and irreversible. No, that's ir- That's still reversible. Anything so like, no, yeah, no dude, mag gonna... bodies, no long mag bodies. Correct. Correct. It's going well, to change the mag body. Let's look at this positively now. So, they put this through, it goes through new government changes it now we have a boost in economy because everyone has to buy new magazines uh, true <laughs> get that hst money rolling in yeah oh wait uh, everybody still has their old magazines <laughs> but yeah. they've been chopped who's gonna do that come on just just well, like all those millions of ruger bx mags that got handed in all of a sudden Honestly, I've forgotten even what a rivet is at this point. <laughs> uh, that, that stings. Yeah. That stings. What would you do to one of these? How would you make this? How would you chop this, the body of it, so it can only ever hold five rounds? You throw the gun in a wood chipper. Yeah, you just have to yes. get. I, I, I think. Safety. Well, when New Zealand did this and they're like, well, what do we ha- how do we do these? They're like, figure it out. Fuck you. It's not yeah, a problem. Not it's up to problem. us to tell you how to do it. It's just do Fill it. Fill it full of epoxy mm-hmm. halfway, no, I guess, no. or you just single no. shot it. You have to modify the body. You can't just fill it or whatever. You have to modify yeah. the body so it can never hold it again. They don't think these things through. And that's one of the no. very interesting no. things to me, not just about gun control, but about like everything. Government just, they tend to make these grandiose statements and proclamations as thou shalt do the following things. Well, how are we going to do that? Oh, well, well we didn't actually put any thought into that. No. We don't, we it's don't know good at the time that like the, the carelessness is pretty specific to gun control. I, I would say like, look at the marijuana legalization. Like they, they, they thought pretty carefully about it. They let the provinces do whatever they wanted to for licensing mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And it rolled out differently in each province, but it was fine. And that was like a, a federal initiative. I think with with gun control and 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 gun owners specifically, they have so few gun owners that actually vote uh, liberal or NDP or or make that a point of like of of how they vote that they can freely like shit on gun owners and uh, it's just yeah, it's just it's a free dunk every time. Yeah, because the yeah. the left leading voters who are gun owners won't ever vote uh, for their guns. They'll always vote for whatever else the whatever other the attributes to, that they choose to vote for for the uh liberals or ndp team red team orange 
Yeah. So the other interesting thing in here is uh, ban the sale or transfer of magazines capable of holding more than the legal number of bullets. Already illegal. But that's capable of, not actually modified to. So if you sell your your magazine, that's a 510 to Mo, you just sold a mag an illegal magazine. That magazine needs to be chopped to five, body body and all. Probably illegal anyways to be in possession of it, but you, you can't even sell it. I, I would say they would probably just do that. Say if it's like, I, again, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm sure they'll pass this and then they'll have a regulation under it that actually lists. It. Maybe maybe they'll just list exactly what you have to do I somehow. Because yeah. otherwise you're just leaving it up to the cops. So you get arrested and the cops are like, yeah, that doesn't look permanent. See you in court. It's, it's going to be like that. Pretty much probably, how it is probably. now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, what's that's what's true. what's the legal limit on a semi-auto shotgun tube, Dave? Five, five rounds of what? Five two rounds of three and five three, rounds three, three, three and a half. half. Eight <laughs> otherwise. Yeah, and that's the sure. issue, right? <laughs> I don't know what the <laughs> rule is. <laughs> let the courts let the courts never. sort it out. It's the right yeah. way to do things. It, it, it but it never goes to court. They like yeah. it'll be like the Butler Creek mag thing hasn't gone to court. No. Just drop it. No. Yeah. And I know of somebody who went into a police station with a pile of those mags and said, I would like you to arrest me for my illegal magazines. And the cops went, well, we're just going to take them. We're not going to charge you. And he said, well, then you're, that's theft if you don't charge me. So I said, um, <laughs> you need to go away and we don't want to see you back. Yeah, You were never <laughs> here. Just move along. Yeah, they flatly yeah. refused to charge him. And he, he wanted to be charged so he could challenge it and they would not do it. Okay. They put some ghost gun stuff in there as well. Yeah. Which is NA because you can't you can't 3D print a gun or manufacture a gun in Canada. Oh, uh the, <laughs> the NDP were saying, like, yeah, we're gonna put something in to to make this like the manufacturer's problem. They put something in. Did you guys see what it was? No. Yeah. You well, have to like, have an effort you have to have an FRT entry before selling yeah. in the country now. Yeah. I thought Here's that was I, I laughed at that one. Yeah, how many hilarious. how many guns were actually sold without an FRT entry? I know they, that that Not Wolverine did it, did it with the WK for a little bit, like yeah. they they submitted it, but then they also just started selling it. They're like, no, this is a AR one eighty reserve rate of this is fine. We're selling it. We're war- warrantying it as non restricted. Yeah, this very that's little, a big that's no that's difference. A big, that's a big nothing burger. I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's what Jagmeet came out and, ta- and talked about. And he's like, this is the thing that's going to make the difference. We're going to make this uh, manufacturer's problem. <laughs> it's like you just have to get an FRT. Enjoy that along with your paid dental care. Oh, wait, yeah. that didn't happen, did it? No. Oh, well. Well, and I have a big problem with that. And I mean, okay, Canadian manufacturers kind of abided by it. But it's already been established a couple times in court that it's not binding. Canadian yeah. manufacturer does not need to go through that and that's just opinion they can't charge you based on that frt but now they're in my opinion this is their way of trying to make it law they should just make it law they should stop like pussyfooting around with uh, the idea they should make the frt a legal thing and make uh make legislation around how things get added or removed to it Mm-hmm. They should, and that way yeah. the RCMP can't just randomly assign things like the Blaze 47 yeah. to it or yeah. anything else. Or well, it would cost a pile more money because yeah. they'd have to actually half-ass straighten out how it's done and actually yeah. have some backup for how it's done instead of, well, it's our opinion, so we can do it however we want. Yeah. 
don't need it if we've got the simplified uh, classification system well, in that the and that's what we actually, I agree with that absolutely <laughs> that's what we actually need because yeah. this whole thing is bullshit a gun is a gun is it a semi-auto or a full auto what yeah. barrel length I don't even care about barrel length barrel length is retarded just make it overall length and who cares actually don't even yeah. just fuck overall it's length a gun, it's a gun. Yeah. overall length would be fine if you want to yeah. like if you want to make them like short and they're restricted then whatever yeah, like your paint is that paint job new? Have you no. shown us that with it with that paint job on it? I don't think I've seen it. Look at that. Is that paint or hydro dip? It's a uh, hydro dip. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah, it's really freaking hideous. So Sean, <laughs> that's why I wanted it when I saw it. So Sean uh, Sean H offered it to me, and now he wants it back, and he's not getting it back. So. No. <laughs> no, it's yours. Yeah, it's horrible. I love it. Okay. So what else do we have? We've got the independent, I'm making air quotes, because we know who's going on that committee. It's going to be Heidi. And uh, yeah, an independent Canadian Firearms Advisory Committee. So they're back and they're going to provide advice to the Minister of Public Safety on pragmatic measures, pragmatic, pragmatic. gun control. Mm. I think you're using that word, and that word doesn't mean what you think that word means. <laughs> <laughs> to reform Canada's firearms policy laws and regulation to in- ensure a modernized firearms regime that will keep Canadians safe and preserves access to firearms reasonable for hunting and sporting. Well, that would be an in their opinion is reasonable. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's horseshit. we'll pick the guns you can use. Not you're not allowed yeah. to just use anything. We there's 1,900 models. Uh, a thousand of them are Ram 700 variants, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually suggested to a friend of mine who was going on about this gun ban and that gun ban. And I said, well, how about if the government was just to say, here are the guns on the approved list. And those are the ones that you may buy. Like Remington 700, you are legally allowed to own that. And maybe a Winchester, maybe a, a Mossberg in there or something. And that's it. And that way you can just say all guns are illegal except for these ones. And he didn't like that idea. He thought that he thought that wasn't the best thing. He <laughs> <I> doesn't like, <laughs> like ARs either. Yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. That's so, one, um, one random aside on that that I've always found interesting, that technology is supposed to change for everything except firearms. Firearms are never supposed well, they, to change. They've kind of done that, but not as far, because right now gun ownership is illegal, except if you get this license. If, yeah. You know, owning... True plates is illegal except if you have this license in certain provinces hmm. they they've kind of done that without saying the specific model yeah so um let, maybe we'll talk about practicalities on this thing so the semi-auto there they want to ban any semi-automatic firearm that takes detachable mag more than five rounds so your wks your all sorts of mm-hmm. stuff that has not um, yet been manufactured that has not yet been manufactured. So it only it's only from this point going forward. Um, but the committee can name ban anything and they're expected to name ban anything they want to. They submit it to government, government then approves it. No, I sees it. So um, I think the liberals are looking for like a scapegoat. Oh, the committee said this. Oh, the mass casualty committee recommended oh, we use this definition. Yeah. That we gave them. It's the same definition, yeah. but they recommended that that definition. So therefore, we're we're using it. And th- yeah. this advisory committee recommended that we ban the SKS. They did ask him like outright in the in the um, press conference. Yeah, is the SKS banned? And he said no. But 
the advisory committee can recommend it again to be I watched somebody ask him about that. Um, CBC guy, I think I actually asked him in an interview, why is the SKS, why was the SKS on the chopping list? You absolutely had to ban it to keep the public safe. Mass murder, cops dead, blah, blah, blah. Why is it not banned right now? And he's like, well, you know, people use it for hunting, but it's not appropriate because it's a weapon of war. And the guy's, it's a weapon of war from like 980 years ago. <laughs> well, that doesn't matter. It's still a weapon of war. And I'm like, well, and then the what guy goes, war? how about the Enfield? And the guy's like, well, that's <laughs> different. Yeah. Oh, different. Yeah. Same timeline, exact same <laughs> timeline, higher capacity mags. How, how is it different? And Marco as usual. We, we are fully committed to public safety. Ah, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They go into the talking points. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can so move all, on all around bad news, all around bad news. Uh, we'll move on to the next story. Uh, I'm not sure who put this one in. It says Vancouver Police Board questions why new school liaison officers need guns. <laughs> this one is hilarious. So Vancouver, this was a member of the police board, a, a Rachel Ray, a Roy. Uh, they were talking to a local uh, a local uh, inspector. They were talking about the new officers in school program they're going to get in Vancouver. And then this member of the police board asks, just starts going on about, you know, sort of why are they armed? Are they armed? Yes, they're armed. They need their guns, blah, blah, blah. So this this uh, police member board member says, well, why would the officer there not just dial 911 if there was a problem? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, yeah. I'm like, that's great because the cops are minutes away when seconds count. Duh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So the inspector said, well, it's the officer's duty to go interfere with it and deal with a problem if there is a problem sort of you know mm. of a mass shooting or something a mass killing stabbing whatever dial 911 I'm like yeah. you're an idiot <laughs> yeah Damn. I think it's a great question for that I mean I'm, well, I'm glad they're at the schools but press them like okay well why can't we just call 911 why do you have to post one or why does he need a gun and yeah no one else does because yeah. yeah. you know Oh, yeah, it, it did make me laugh. And we actually had that here locally, I know, um, when they were talking about officers in school. And a lot of people were really upset that there would be guns present in the school. Oh, so some, somebody asked, well, if we dial 911, do the people who show up have guns? Are there then people in the school with guns then? <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes not. It depends. <laughs> I, I guess. Anyway, well, there was a LOL. there was a shooting in the U.S. Um, uh, mass shooting in, in Texas here recently, and I think I read it took forty minutes for the cops to show up. No, they were kind of in the middle of nowhere, but or maybe well, that was when I was thinking about. Well, you're thinking um, Uvalde. That's the one that got our pistols. That, that was no, like, that was like an hour Uvalde. response. Yeah, but they they were there quickly. They just they, yeah, just they just didn't do anything. Around. Yeah, yeah. No, this this latest one they were it was just a, a really long time to respond because they were covering like something like seven hundred square kilometers or something uh, like that. Mm. I had that in our local area. I had to call the cops one night because I had an intruder, and it took them uh, half an hour to show up. And uh, it turned out that on duty in Dufferin mm -hmm. County that evening, and Dufferin County is big. I mean, it's big, 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 big. There was one police officer on duty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And they were at the other end of the county at the time. So, yeah. Yeah. Believe it. It happens. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, we'll get into new gun stuff brought to you by Bullseye North. Uh, need a new boomstick? Bullseye North is Canada's shooting superstore and a proud supporter of the CCFR with a wide selection of guns and top trending gear for any shooter. Free shipping over $200. Some exclusions apply like ammo. Subscribe to their weekly newsletter to get first access to the hottest deals. Awesome. Uh, let me present. I'll present that one. This guy over there. <laughs> there we go. Maybe I'll, I'll go a little bit wider there. Something like that. Uh, Bullseye North has magazines that are 15% off. So if you're looking to get uh, Magpul, Mechgar, Ruger, Savage, or Canic mags, uh, hand on over there. Oh, what do they got shadow mags for? I do need some shadow mags. 39 bucks. P mags for 24. Mm-mm. Nice. I don't need any, but I do need a couple Glock mags. What do they got? Mm, a shadow mags that are in 40 cal for. I'll look later. I don't have to show Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we have this uh, very serious uh, site from LaRue. It's the LaRue C note. Have you guys seen this yet? No, Actually, I did see that. Yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like very expensive iron sights. Not very expensive. A hundred bucks for uh, for a single add-on one QD mount. Is it a handgun sight? Wow. <laughs> basically, yes. Basically, it's so, for that massive suppressor that you put on there. No, the idea is uh, your scope goes down, you flip it off, and you flip this guy on. Or you have a big, bad scoped uh, rifle, like long-range rifle. You chuck this mm -hmm. thing on, and you use it for close-range stuff. I do like the bucks. fact that the sights are like pretty far apart for a little a little uh, top mount sight. So at least you got a bit of bit of a sight radius there. Whoa, they're graduated. Impressive, huh? Anyways, uh, it's a bit of a meme thing. I saw it on Hoplol File as uh, YouTube. He was reviewing it, and uh, it looks hilarious. They're hundred bucks straight out US, which is actually way cheap. Like way cheap when you look at. Okay, it's yeah. got a QD mount on there. What does a QD mount uh, from Larue Tactical cost? One hundred and thirty-one just for a QD mount. Yeah, so this is a hundred bucks, and it, it comes with the site, so it's pretty pretty reasonable. Oh, yeah. to the rest of the stuff that they have. And looking in the pictures, it looks like you can pop that site off and you get yourself a QD. It's not built in. Oh. There's a picture of somebody with an Allen key shoved underneath it. Oh, uh, yeah. Through. But that yeah. might be the... I don't know. I wonder if it's a separate unit. For. Maybe. Anyways, that's kind of neat. You Could could you actually co-wit on a handgun? co-witness on your rifle <laughs> with a scope how long is your sight how long yeah, how long is your rail because <laughs> that mounts at the back of your sight you could probably it may not be the most accurate but you could put that on your handguard and co-witness with your scope probably maybe, maybe. <laughs> i don't know why you would but <laughs> i, I kind of want to get that and mount it on my gst 1911 <laughs> Very inexpensive. Battery free. <laughs> Plus it says LaRue on it in lettering the size of a school bus. So everybody mm -hmm. knows how awesome you are. Not Look, I out. have money. North Pro Sports has their big shooter sale on right now. So if you're looking at getting a, a decent uh, price on some of their stuff, they've got that going on. 
Uh, Calgary Shooting Center has the uh, Spectre Ballistics Little Blue Boy. It's, <laughs> it's a very blue rifle. Such an odd-looking gun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very blue. Uh, that's a very small... St- I've never seen a stock like that that fits on a buffer tube. That's very interesting. Yeah, that is... Certainly doesn't seem yeah. like it would be very adjustable. A break with crenellated... That is an aggressive break, for sure. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, it's got a 10.5-inch barrel and a Ruger BX trigger. Strike Industries receiver extension kit. Oh, this is going to be expensive. I, can, I just see it. Yeah, fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> looks cool though. Yeah, and you can see it like right. Across. You leave it lean against a tree, you'll be able to find that. Definitely. No, blue in the woods is not good. Here's well, something blue that's in the woods. Uh, Northern, Northern Elite <laughs> Firearms has the Savage sixty four FVSR uh, in bazooka green. It's like a camo. It's like a old timey camo pattern. I don't know what you yeah. call this. Uh, Two ninety nine. Nice. Well, yeah. no, it's a Savage sixty four. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's a gun for three hundred bucks. There you go. <laughs> a fluted yeah. barrel, like like it's not a, a a plain one. It's got a fluted barrel on there. Um, but yeah, it's so just a Savage sixty four. I have a I have a hate on for Savage sixty fours. I don't typically like Savage, but for three hundred bucks, how did the Savage sixty four hurt you? You can you can okay you can buy the plain one for one hundred and fifty. You just bought a high point. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow yes, there is no high ground Shade. for you Shade. <laughs> yeah you're slumming it you can't uh... I'm always slumming it come on <laughs> all right uh, the auxilia, auxilia 3 plus plates are coming out this Friday there's a made in Canada plate set I think there's a UHW no it's a silicon carbide ceramic plate Okay. Uh, 225, 225 in Canada. Hmm. Right um, that's going to be per plate. 225 per. Yeah, still. Yeah, level three plus. That'd be nice. Yeah. And two. And is that two point six. Two point six kilograms. Yeah. Two point six. So just over five pounds. That's not bad. It's decent. Yeah. It's decent. May have to pick a couple of those up. Putting them at three plus. Yeah, I think I saw these. They they're rated for three hundred eight. That's what it, it says. Yeah, M eight five five armor piercing five five six seven sixty by thirty nine. Ooh, I have some eight five five A one. I'd love to try with that. <sighs> Probably sail right through. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, that's just for Canadians. You probably have all sorts of inexpensive body armor you can get in the states. Oh, probably yeah. Yeah, well, you don't need to be slumming it and looking at this kind of stuff with us. <laughs> Still, that's an amazing price. I'm going to be looking at those when they come out on Friday. Yeah. Those are coming out Friday. They say they say they're manufactured right here in Ontario. Mm. Impressive, impressive. <laughs> uh, Nachaco Outdoors, which I haven't heard of before, um, but they were on CGN. Uh, they've got Stay Ball Six Five Ball Powder. Uh, if you buy it by the pound, it's 75 bucks. But if you buy three, it's 55 bucks. Wow. That's pretty good. I've never mm-hmm. seen this powder before. Ideal for 6.5 Creedmoor, 270 Winchester, 7mm08, etc. 08? Odd 8? I don't know how to say 7mm08. 7 odd 8. 7 odd 8. 7 odd 8. Yeah. But like the odds are like. We don't, we don't say odd. No, you, you, drive like people bad, you, know, you, say, you drive people bad, you'd say odd. 
it's 30 odd six what's so odd about the six like i don't know yeah. excuse me <laughs> <laughs> uh someone added this uh ooh, is that leather Ooh. Oh, yeah. Check out what's in the case. So this isn't new gun stuff. This is a posting on CGN. Somebody's got an Ohio ordinance, M1918 BAR and 30-06. They made 200 of them. Whoa. And it is, comes with a couple mags, looks like in perfect condition. And it is available to you for the low, low price of $17,500. But that includes shipping. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah, so you can get your body in clouds. Oh, include shipping there you go yeah that's that's a very that's, very nice piece that's a cool that piece. is cool looks leather wrapped is that the last one i think that's the last one right yeah yeah yep okay and for tonight's main topic we have dan from uh cdtsa on to tell us all of everything about steel challenge how are you doing dan oh doing good thanks for having me on from uh just as a quick starter why don't you give yourself a introduction tell us how you got into it what you do with steel challenge um sure so i i was kind of kind of late to the shooting game i'd always kind of heard my dad's hunting stories growing up you know out with his brothers out with his dad rafting down athabasca or whatever and uh you know there were no guns in the house growing up it just uh just wasn't a thing and you know eventually into my mid-20s kind of you know what I've, I've heard all this. Let's just go to the range, Dad. Let's go try it out. Um, and they put a, uh, what was it, a CX-4 in my hands at the time, which nice. is on the bad list now. But um, so, yeah, I, I got to shoot that a little bit. Absolutely loved it and uh, went out, bought a hunting rifle, um, got in with uh, BTSA and did uh, just kind of some target shooting there and then heard about this steel challenge thing and uh, came out for my first match. And that was the Nationals in 2016. And got hooked on that and then just yeah, kind of progressively um, took on a little bit more stuff out at uh, BTSA and started running some Wednesday evening matches um, along with some other guys. They ended up uh, moving down to the States actually and kind of took over the program, then ended up with nationals. And uh, yeah, so a lot of, a lot of steel challenge matches during the week, but um, that's kind of, kind of how we got there. Wow. Nice. So some people may not, know what steel challenge is can you give a just quick breakdown on what exactly steel challenge is sure thing um so steel challenge is a shooting sport um some people know it as drag racing with a handgun um it's eight standardized steel challenge or steel changes uh, stages they're the same everywhere that they're shot um so in those eight different configurations they are all steel targets um there will be one of the five designated as a stop plate when you get the timer start you're going to shoot all the targets that are not the stop plate in whatever order you find the fastest, hit the stop plate and your score is your time. If you miss any targets, you run past them, you hit the stop plate before you get them. That's going to have a three second penalty. And then on just about every stage other than one, uh, your, your score is going to be the aggregate of your best four out of five attempts. Um, on the one that requires some running, it's your best three out of four attempts. Okay. Awesome. And yeah, you said these were dedicated, they're pre-made stages and just basically pick and pull. How many pre-made stages are there? So there's a total of eight stages kind of testing some different things. Um, so for example, um, 
we've got one here um, that would be smoke and hope. So for the people on video, you can see that one. Um, people online. So it's kind of a bunch of large rectangular targets um, between 7 and 14 yards with a round one in the middle. You shoot the rectangles on either side, shoot the round one last. Um, but yeah, it's it's the same everywhere it's shot. Uh, it's kind of similar to the way like a USPSA classifier would be, um, where there are peak times, kind of like a, a golf course, course par, um, and then you measure and classify um, different types of firearms against everybody else in the world. When you show up to the world shoot or a nationals, it's all those same stages laid out exactly the same way. I like the fact that it's standard because you can actually you know, see the difference with yourself from, from a match to match rather than just, you know, competing with other people. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah. Being able to watch your progress over time, um, to kind of strive to get that next classification level up from, you know, D to C, B, A, master, grandmaster. Um, and even to measure yourself, they've got like a top 20 board for division, uh, worldwide. So, you know, you might crack into that and have a chance to see where you measure up against some world champions, um, practice scores made it really easy to see stuff from all over the place. Mm. Um, with those new uh, AMG commanders, I think one of your guests previous week had mentioned, um, the times are all tracked in there and they use them at the world shoot. So you can actually go in and see how um, BJ Norris shot his third string on outer limits. How fast was his draw? How fast did he get between the boxes? Um, so there's some really cool information in there if you're a, a big data nerd. Wow, yeah, that's taking it to a whole other level. <laughs> um, for classific classifications, do you have it handy, like what someone should expect to be shooting on these stages for what classification? Um, so that's going to kind of depend on the division that you're entered in. So divisions um, are the kind of the equipment that you're going to be running. Now, some is obviously easier to go faster on those are going to have lower peak times. So you have to shoot faster to have a higher classification. So in Steel Challenge, there are 13 different divisions. There's uh, rimfire rifles, optics and irons. There's pistol caliber carbines, optics and irons, um, production guns, limited guns, uh, single stack guns for your 1911s, uh, carry optics, which would be like uh, IPSC production optics, open, revolver, uh, and rimfire pistol irons and optics. So depending on the stage, uh, depending on the division, a, a pretty quick time is usually two and a half seconds um, from a holstered handgun. A uh, really quick time on a low ready gun might be in the one and a half seconds for five targets. Wow. Yeah. Well, I could imagine like, shooting a twenty-two rifle at those. That, that would be fun. Oh, it's, it's definitely the best way to get into the sport. If we've got, you know, somebody who's new, a younger shooter, um, somebody who, you know, just tagged along and was like, oh, I'm just going to watch. You know, you put a rimfire rifle with an optic on their hands and, and they start digging away on things and they get hooked pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> Steel's fun. It's fun to shoot things that do things. I notice when I'm out shooting with kids, if I've got steel, they're like, yes, yeah. ding, 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 Everybody ding, loves ding. It. Yeah, steals off. Oh, yeah. And the, the targets are pretty big too. They're easy. Yeah. You, can, you can smoke them with if they if you give them like a rimfire rifle or something like that, they can go pretty quick. Yeah, so there's three different target sizes. Um, there's an 18 by 24 inch rectangle, which is what you see on that that stage we showed there, Smoke and Hope, um, which is generally really pretty easy to shoot unless it's at ridiculous range. And then uh, 10 and 12 inch round plates. Yeah, those 10 inch plates get 
kind of tricky sometimes. <laughs> oh, especially when you start going fast. And even those yeah. big plates, you'd be surprised if if you get all gassed up and you're trying mm-hmm. to go real quick, you can you can overrun a seven yard like two foot target um, mm-hmm. several times. Yeah. Start calling it the sprinkler when you spray back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> Ran into that a few times over the weekend because we had a steel challenge here locally, and Smoke and Hope was one of them. And there were comments, a lot of new shooters, and like, oh, how could you miss that? It's like, just wait. <laughs> Just <laughs> enough rope to hang yourself with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah you think gods oh, are not yeah. kind to those who mock others. Not <laughs> <kind>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. So, uh, I mean, thir- you said thirteen divisions. So there's there's a division for basically pretty much any gun and every person out there. Um, what would you suggest for someone looking to get into Steel Challenge? On let's start. Okay, we'll go with the rifle for one section, mm-hmm. and then if they want to shoot pistol, what would you? They would, <laughs> bare minimum that they would need to get set up so that they can actually have a, a good time out shoot for their first experience. Sure thing. Um, so the ten twenty two is is pretty much the ubiquitous rifle for steel challenge. Down in the states, there's some some kind of AR twenty two variants, but they're much less common. Um, so really a stock Ruger 1022 is about all you need to show up with uh, the rifle. You need five magazines. Sometimes six is nice to have in case you got to reshoot a stage, but you're going to be making five attempts anyways. You want a nice full mag for each one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're looking for in Steel Challenge generally is, you know, that light, crisp trigger. Um, you might want to put an optic on it your first time out. It usually makes it a little more enjoyable. You can kind of tell why you're missing, right? Oh, the dot went down to the left. I guess I did something that made it go down to the left. Um, when you're staring at irons, sometimes, you know, if your vision's out, your vision's in, it's not always as easy to tell. Um, we want the gun to fit up. So a, a stock that's nice and adjustable, something like a Knox Axiom. Um, they're pretty cheap. They're very light. Um, they're adjustable. They got a small grip, which is great for ladies and kids. And you can bulk that up um, for the gentleman. Um, and yeah, as long as it runs reliably, um, like my first couple of years out there, there was a young kid, uh, like 16 years old. Um, and he smoked us all with some Marlin I've never, ever seen since. It just looked like a stick with a mag hanging out the back or down the <laughs> bottom story. But, um, yeah, he destroyed the field with that thing against some, <laughs> some very expensive rifles. Now it's like any hobby, right? You can spend as much as you want. Um, I shudder to recount, um, what the race 22 costs now. Um, but we usually go quite lightweight so i've got up here um a delask action actually that i've had for a very long time i'm sitting in a wyland usa chassis so we're adjustable on the buttstock in all directions adjustable on the cheek rest in all directions Um, the grip actually goes forward backward angle and replaceable um carbon fiber for the front and back um that wyland barrel in there i believe this is their titanium one it's about 8.8 ounces um, they're down to about five ounce barrel right now. Um, but the wait time on those is bananas. Um, wow. Kid single stage trigger and a Seymour with a real big dot. Um, I've got no more excuses with this gun. If something happens, it's me. It's absolutely me. Well, you brought up a question and, uh, kind of a little selfish, but, uh, so I'm running on my, uh, carry optics gun, uh, two and a half MOA dot. And I was seeing, uh, loophole just come out with the Delta Point Pro with uh, six mil or six MOA dot. 
you want that bigger dot for something like this? Or? Usually we're looking a pretty big dot. Um, if we're shooting in daylight, the bigger it is, the harder it is to wash out. And we're shooting at big targets. Um, like I think our smallest target would be a 10-inch plate at 20 yards. So what is that multiplied by five? Like 50 MOA is our small target. Um, on my rifle right now, I want to say I've got a 12 MOA dot, and my pistols might be a 10 or an 8. Um, so generally, bigger is better for us. Um, the bigger dot, you don't get as much perceived wobble, right? If you got a 10 MOA dot, you're wobbling a little. Well, you compare that to a 1 MOA dot, it's going to look like it's wiggling quite a bit more. So definitely go oh, okay. with a big, bright dot if you can. I didn't um, know that the bigger dot would appear to wobble less. Well, it's the same if you look at like the iron sights on a gun, right? You got that big front sight. If you're wobbling, you know, three inches on target, that's a much smaller amount of your sight <clears throat> than that little tiny dot would be. So you do tend to see a lot more jitter um, with the smaller dots than you do with the bigger dots. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so you got the rifle, what the pistol, like you. Well, pistol, unfortunately, right now is kind of kind of whatever you got. Yeah. Um, any gun can can work as long as you can hold it and operate it, and it's reliable. Pretty much yeah. everything beyond that is comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could you could grab that Tokarev out there. Um, just no steel steel jacketed steel core bimetal. That's all bad, bad, bad for the steel targets. Um, usually, kind of the three to get you in on the rimfire pistol side would be if you have them a Smith and Wesson Victory, a Browning Buckmark. Mm -hmm. Or a Ruger Mark two, three, four, five, seventeen, whatever it happens to be at. Um, so I was hoping you were going to say Wrangler, Ruger Wrangler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could in fact shoot a Ruger Wrangler in the Rimfire Pistol Irons Division. We have a guy who shows up with his ten round. Um, I want to. Oh, I can't remember. Ten round double action revolver, um, and has a great old time doing it. Um, nice. The only issue with the Wrangler is obviously you're going to be taking them out one at a time, loading them in one at a time, probably oh. aggravating your squad yeah. mates a fair bit. But oh, you yeah. could do it. Never uh, mind the single or, action. Yeah, yeah there, there is. Well, single action triggers are nice. Just cost them down every time. Yeah. Again, I've I've seen a lady show up with one, and she shot some cowboy action, some IDPA, and uh, she absolutely loved shooting it on there. It was good for a giggle. Nice. Um, but yeah, usually the Mark, the Mark, the Ruger Mark series is kind of the preferred one there. Um, just there's a ton of aftermarket. A lot of this is about fit, comfort, reliability. So you want to be able to change out those pain points really easily. Um, so again, we got an example of that. So this started off life as a Ruger pistol, but now has a Volkortsen accurizing kit in it, a Volkortsen upper, a Volkortsen compensator. Volkortsen makes nice stuff. Um, Stripling thumb rest and that big old Seymour on there as well. Wow. Um, now, yes, you could put a smaller optic on there, but this one has a big dot. It's really uh, bright. Um, it works well. So, um, I know a lot of that? that one's a 22. That's oh. a 22, yeah. So <laughs> I know a lot of people laugh about compensators on 22s, but when you're fighting for tenths or hundredths of a second, um, just settling down, even just that feel that your gun isn't quite as rowdy. Whether it's the weight on the end, the gases, I don't know. I don't really care. It works. It makes me happy. I take it off. I don't like it so much. So I put that thing on there. I put on the thumb rest. We got big bulky grips. Um, whatever you can do to be running fast. So do you also, run like awesome. uh, high velocity ammo out of that? then absolutely yeah it's yeah. uh it's nice for the reliability i again i've shot the light stuff out of it i like the feel of it it's a little more sluggish feeling in the bolt um, definitely a lot softer feeling you can change the recoil rod out on those guys 
Um, it's just, yeah, you, you really want it to kick that brass out of there and have the energy to push in the next round from being able to run that heavier recoil spring. I've had better, better luck and reliability with those for sure. This now that I think most... about it though, with the great thing about ammo for this sport is there is no power factor. Um, <laughs> so you can reload them down to, I think our floor is about 750 or 800 FPS, um, just to make sure it reliably splatters on the target. Um, so I've, I've got loads for my center fire guns that definitely do not make minor. Um, what would it be? A 124 with 2.9 grains of tight group. Uh, I'd be Ooh. surprised if it makes 850 <laughs> or 900. Um, I've run 95 grain pills out of there before, and, uh, that's only got about twice the power factor of a, of a spicy 22. So you can, you can get a little creative with those for sure. You got me thinking now, once I get my reloader down here, make some gamer steel challenge rounds. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I, I think I've seen on the show before some some Shadow 2s. So Shadow 2 makes a totally reasonable um, steel challenge gun. When we get into the center fires, there's a lot more crossover with Ipsic <laughs> um, in terms of what we use. Um, so big dots, yes, but otherwise, guns are pretty much the same. We're just running some lighter ammo. Neat. Uh, you mentioned Ipsic, so I want to. I'm not kind of asking because uh, Steel Challenge falls under the USPSA umbrella, right? Yes, that's correct. So I uh, one 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 thing that uh, I noticed when I first started shooting the USPSA down here is the Carry Optics Division does not allow a race holster, where Ipsic does allow a race holster in production optics. And I think anybody looking to get into that division is something that they should consider. Do you enforce that at your matches? Um, yeah, so there's there's a division you're going to be able to fit your gun in either way. Um, in that case, you'd end up in open division. Now, in something like an IPSC, a USPSA, having to try and make major power factor, trying to run your comp and things like that, getting bumped to major really sucks. Um, with Steel Challenge, when we're running this light ammunition, or you can run you know lighter powered factory ammo like uh, Federal Syntec or something. Um, I think there's even a new Ely training round coming out that's going to be uh, light Steel Challenge stuff. Um, it's not so much of a disadvantage being compensatorless and majorless um, in Steel Challenge, but you're definitely right. A lot more of the divisions require um, kind of a duty, or not necessarily duty, but a daily use non-race style holster. Um, so you can race holster in open, uh, limited, and revolver just because it's a giant pain to find anything Kydex related for that other than maybe one that I know of. Um, everything else is going to be run from um, a Kydex kind of shell holster. Um, but you can have some drop and offset in there. You can get some cant in there. Um, a lot of people in steel may even prefer it just because they can draw a little bit more aggressively on the gun and not be worried about bumping it out. Hmm. Uh, let's transition to finding a match and clubs hosting USPSA. I know in your email you said there were a few clubs and that they're increasing. Do you have an idea on how widespread or how many clubs are currently doing Steel Challenge in Canada right now? Um, so, yeah, um, in terms of running USPSA matches, that's much less common. Um, I only know of maybe one or two cl clubs running USPSA, and usually that's under some kind of a joint recognition from IPSC to make sure that they're not conflicting for the same groups mm -hmm. of shooters. Um, Steel Challenge, a lot of the clubs in Canada are shooting unofficial. They're, they're copying the stages, or they're doing this, their own stuff, um, kind of a hybrid of Steel Challenge and Rimfire Challenge. Um, I know of about five or six that are running um, the official stuff. Um, 
I think there's a club in well, a club or two in Alberta that are, are starting to make their way there as well as BTSA. Um, I'd heard of a couple out in BC. Um, I think it's Eagle Lake in Ontario. Um, as far as I've got that updated, we're trying to keep track of that on our website at steelchallenge.ca. Um, so if there's people out there who have a steel challenge club, um, please feel free to let us know. We'd love to get you guys on there. Uh, in terms of finding matches, practice score is kind of the go-to for most match stuff. Um, so if you just go in there and look on the map section, you can see what's around you. Um, or you can try punching in Steel Challenge and see what comes up. Um, for our matches, we just put in the name of the range. So we'd go BTSA, um, or I know uh, CDTSA runs some similar type stuff. So you just put in CDTSA and should pop up on there. Okay. Nice. Uh, what about if someone's at a club and they want to get uh, involved in Steel Challenge, like the official Steel Challenge, like you said, there's a bunch of people running Outlaw, but uh, try and make it more more official and sanctioned. Yeah, so if you're if you're looking to go legit, it takes basically 10 people. Um, you get a hold of USPSA, they send you a little form, um, and you need 10 USPSA shooters to sign up for it. Um, whether they might accept IPSC signatures, I'm not sure, you'd have to check. Um, but a foreign USPSA membership is like 50 bucks US. Um, so you sign up for that. You get your access to the classification system. You're allowed to shoot at the higher level matches. So Canadian nationals, any provincial championships that are held and the world shoot. And then they send you some magazines and stuff there. So you get your 10 signatures, you get that out. Um, and then they get in touch to approve you. Now, to start it up at your club, obviously, you're going to need some steel. Um, so you got to figure out, are you trying to run just one stage, a whole bunch of stages? I did a little bit of price checking. Um, there are some Canadian vendors out there that do carry steel challenge targets. Cost, I think it was about three and a half thousand to get kind of like any one stage, which I think was like four of one round, five of the other, and four of the rectangles with the bases and the caps that hold them up. Um, it was about nine grand for a full setup. Now, if you're charging, say, 20 bucks a shooter, um, your costs are really only um, about a tenth of a can of paint per person, the occasional two by four, and then the classifier fees that are paid to USPSA, which for a club match is a dollar US per gun. Um, you end up coming out making some reasonable money there. And based on some back and napkin stuff I did earlier today, um, you've paid it off before the end of kind of your second year competition when you're running a weekly match just kind of over the summer shooting season. And then it's revenue positive from there. A lot of clubs in the U.S., um, they use it as a revenue generator to support some of their other programs. But it's also just great to have lots of events available for shooters that are quick and easy to set up, quick and easy to tear down. Um, and good for a wide variety of shooters and ages and abilities. Yeah. Well, I think it's a great idea for any club, like if they're looking to get into action shoot, any kind of action shooting, be it EPSIC, three gun, two gun, any of that. And especially if you've got people on the fence, it's a perfect one to get started in because very minimal movement, one gun, and all your stages are all designed and set there. It's just pick which ones you want to run and set it up. Yeah, for sure. And with, with the pistol situation right now, you know, having access to PCCs like Ruger carbines mm -hmm. um, and rimfire rifles like 1022s, um, it's it's a way people can get into the shooting sports that, that may have been locked out by the, by the recent changes there so that they can still get in, they can still participate um, and have fun doing it. Cool. Um, you had given us a 
whole list of stuff. Is there we covered anything, or you want to cover some more stuff on here? Um, well, it's yeah, it's just if we want to get into kind of any deep dives here. Um, I've got a couple other divisions here. Um, so for those who may have a revolver still sticking around, there is a place for you guys to come and play optics or irons. Um, nine millimeter revolvers are good to go as long as we're not dealing with a magnum load. Um, you know what? If heavens forbid something happens to semi-autos, we have pistol chassis still available as far as I am aware. I'm not sure if that's on the hush hush right now. Um, but if you've got something like one of those micro Ronies or the Kaidon, you could bring that out as well. Um, so really kind of whatever you got hanging around. We don't have a place, unfortunately, for centerfire, uh, bottleneck rifle, or shotgun. Um, but pretty much anything else people have around um, is good to go there. Um, oh, yeah. shotgun would be fun. That <laughs> would be wild for shotgun. At one point in time, it was a provisional division, I believe. But what they were finding is, is that heavy mass of lead shot coming down on those targets just carried so much energy. It was mushrooming the targets. <laughs> um, yeah. So it does cause a little bit of wear on the targets that way, which I think is why it went goodbye. Um, if you are starting up a club somewhere, I would recommend getting um, some kind of target that's reversible. Um, that way, as it starts to wear on one side, you can flip it over. Any mushrooming kind of evens itself out there from those hits on the edge. Um, and it hopefully lasts a little bit longer for people. Yeah. And yeah, there's, uh, there's tons of stuff out there on YouTube for people um, looking to get into it. A lot of recording came out of the World Championships just this last weekend. Um, for those who have never seen it, some of these times get crazy fast. Um, the, the match winner there for the overall was 53.35 seconds, um, oh. which is for 131 scoring shots uh, or 135 oh. scoring shots. Um, I worked it out somewhere here based on last year's, which was like 5397. Um, that's a 20.6 hit factor sustained over 31 runs. Wow. So it's, uh, it gets draws. pretty gonna, quick. Yes. And including, including 31 draws. Now that would have been a, um, a young man, I believe who's shooting uh, rimfire rifle irons. Um, uh, this really is actually, it's a, it's a sport that in the U S is dominated by kids in the low ready division. Hmm. Um, I went to I went to Worlds a few years ago. I got spanked by like a 13-year-old girl who was probably no taller than her rifle was. Um, <laughs> badly. Embarrassingly badly. Um, so it's just that hand-eye coordination, that fearlessness, um, not counting the dollar value of the ammo you're sending downrange, um, certainly makes it uh, easy to go fast. And then as they grow up, they tend to move into the center fire divisions and, and keep... Uh, Keep causing grief for all the rest of us in rimfire as well. Um, so, yeah, buckets of ammo is kind of the way to go for steel challenge. Um, rimfire is a great way to get into it just because of the low cost. You can train a lot without getting worn out. Um, you can train a lot without burning too bad of a hole in your credit card. Um, and a lot of the skills are really transferable. I, I did find that, you know, I, I started shooting centerfire with the CZ and it just was not doing great. And I, I went over to Rimfire and I found a lot of, a lot of bad habits dropped away, came back to it and jumped from C class to, to M class pretty much immediately, which mm. is a great feeling that, uh, that training time wasn't wasted. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I was, I was just looking at my times from the weekend and we only did five stages and like 105 and 115 seconds. So holy cow. 
Oh yeah, well, the the guy who uh, I can't remember which division it was, B.J. Norris, but he shot 86 seconds from a holstered handgun, and I think it might have been iron sighted as well. I think he was shooting wow. limited with a Glock or something crazy. Um, there are some some crazy crazy shooters in Steel Challenge with it with it being yeah. the same everywhere. You build a lot of muscle memory. Um, you yeah, optimize you, a lot of things. You can practice that stage over and over and over again. Well, and like half your time is in your draw. Getting a getting a really good, fast, repeatable draw is is pretty essential. And I, I peaked at some of those times. And his draw time for for Smoke and Hope, the one with the big targets, um, was under 0. 0.7 seconds from a surrender draw consistently. Whoa. Um, I can barely get my rimfire pistol up in that time. Um, wow. Yeah, some, some crazy stuff really pushing the boundary of what's possible there um, just because it's so, so repeatable. Now, some people, some people don't like the fact that steel challenge is the same eight things every time. Um, but there's a, there's a level one exception in there. You're running a club match. As long as you've got two of the official classifier stages, um, you can build any other safe stages um, that you want to add in there. If you want to, I don't know, I've been kicking around one of, hey, maybe I take some some leg-looking round targets and some square ones for a body because we shoot at BTSA. Maybe we make the, the white buffalo or something. Um, and we and we shoot that as one. And now, obviously, you wouldn't have a peak time to compare to, um, but you get to have fun shooting against all your buddies um, on something that maybe you haven't seen before to keep it fresh. Well, that is cool that when you put on a sanction, they only need, well, you said two? Yeah, for a, for a level one club match, you got to shoot at least two of the official stages. Um, but as you get to the other, the higher levels, like a provincials or a nationals or a world, then it's expected that you're using the uh, the formal stages. Right. Yeah. I don't mind that they're the same. It just yeah. because you're always trying to improve your shooting. And for setup, boy, that would be easy. Just tell oh, the guys, yeah, yeah setup, you're going to do smoke and hope. You need to go over and do this one. They know what they're supposed to do. There's measurements. They can yeah. just go. There's not. Yeah. Well, somebody before I took this thing over actually took um, a bunch of ropes and did all the different splits and angles off them. And you just pull out the rope, 90 degree everything, drop them down. Um, <clears throat> we've actually started just putting out some survey whiskers um, for where each one goes so that if someone doesn't have access to the matchbox, you just come out, you got the setup diagram, plonk it on all the survey whiskers, and you're good to go. Hmm. Nice. Very easy. Yeah. 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 I like. I like that it's the same because, I mean, if every competition was like that, maybe not. But because I, I do like the the change like, and not knowing what you're going to get when you go to a match. But for, for some reason, like, so yeah, Steel Challenge, I like that it's repeatable and you can practice that. Like, it's a speed shoot. So it's all on your gun manipulation. Oh, absolutely. You'd be you know? a baller at, at, like, at your draw and at your transitions. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. Every every shot's a transition. There's no double shots on the target. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, if you got a, there a plastic be. gun. Yeah, there shouldn't <laughs> be, exactly. That's the dirtiest words in Steel Challenges. Hey, nice reload. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, it's a great reload. Yeah, any anytime you need more than five shots, uh, you, you're, you're giving up some time. But, um, yeah, like plastic guns aren't at a really big disadvantage there um, because you don't need to settle on that second shot. You're already moving to the next target. Um but yeah, some of those times between targets, yeah, you know, like thirteen, fourteen hundredths between some of the close ones. Um, I I can't split that fast, but somehow I can transition pretty quick. So it's uh it's interesting some of the skills that come out of it for sure. Yeah. Mike's asking, how FUD friendly is Steel Challenge? 
Um, well, we've, we've seen Grandpa's uh, standard issue 1911 come out. You can shoot the big 45 on him if you want, as long as it's uh, as long as there's no weirdness in the ammo. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty good for everybody here. We've we've had shooters come out, you know, in their their early teens or maybe even a little younger if you know they grew up in a shooting family. Um, we've had people who have stood at the line in a walker. Um, we've got guys who mostly hunt. We've got guys that do a lot of IPSC and ladies, um, and people, people from all walks of life. There's doctors, there's teachers, there's tradesmen. There's one gentleman who owns a jewelry and gunsmithing business. Um, so tons of different people. It's, it's really open to everybody. That's awesome. That's the way shooting sports should be. Absolutely. And it's not so gear intense. It's like I said, I, I like, cause it's just so easy to get into cause you don't have to buy thousands of dollars worth of gear just to at least not have be gear hindered. Yep. Like, yeah, just the uh, basic ten twenty two and enough magazines to come out is great. Even if nice. you don't have the full five, you know, you can, you can have somebody stuffing mags for you behind the line. That's totally Okay. Um, if it's your first match out, you can have people there coaching you. There's a level one coaching exemption. Uh, nice. People can call hits for you. There's exemptions to not need to move on the mover stage. If you're, if you're uncomfortable, there's a little special penalty that's applied. Um, but there's lots of room within the rule set for all kinds of levels of experience. Um, you don't need an Ipsic black badge to come out. Um, you will probably find there are some, some differences between clubs and what they'll allow. Um, for us, we, we get you to come in and, uh, at the beginning of the match, you'll take, you'll go aside with the range master. We'll make sure you draw safe if you're shooting center fire. Um, and if something looks sketchy, we'll give you a little bit of feedback, but for that match, you can shoot just like, um, one of the rimfire shooters would. So you point at the, at the cone. We just, um, we don't submit that for score. We still pay for it, but we blank out the, the number if you have one and you can just shoot that gun from low ready so that you can have a, a successful first match. Nice. Uh, Mike's saying he asked, he asked that about the FUDs because getting things going at some ranges is impossible just about. And yeah, so it's, it's, it's a fairly well-established sport with a, a really safe track record and um, a really clear rule set. Um, so should hopefully be, be fairly friendly there. Again, you are dealing with something that is technically an action pistol, action shooting sport. Um, so if your club is, you know, usually just bullseye, it may be a bit of a change. Um, but it is certainly very safe. Um, one thing we have heard of in some places is some of the chief firearms officers have been a little iffy about steels that don't have shrouds over them. Out here in Alberta, we don't have to shroud our steel. Um, uh. But the way we did that is um, we actually did some testing that we submitted to the CFO's office. So if you're a club or if maybe if somebody wants to take the bull by the horns in there, um, I don't know, looking at you again, Nova Scotia, but... Um, you know, what we did or had, uh, some guys do is, uh, on one of the winter days, they went out and they shot them and they could see where the spall was actually landing, um, in the snow. And it was making a very clear pattern just straight across from where the steels were. Um, the other thing they did is they took a wall, uh, with a port in it and they covered that around in paper. And then they would shoot the target a bunch of times through there to show that there was nothing that was coming back, um, with enough energy to, to go through that paper. Um. So, yeah, you will get the occasional bit kicking off of a hook or something like that. It does happen. That's why we got to wear the shooting glasses and we want to wear the hat and, you know, <clears throat> keep things on the neckline tucked in. Um, but it's yeah, it's really safe. It's really accessible. Um, the gear can pay itself off in a fairly short period of time. 
So hopefully if there are people out there looking to get started up, then we can get uh, get some more ranges on board. Um, if you need some help, you can always always reach out and uh, we've got we got match manuals and things that we're happy to send out as templates um, and to help uh, connect people with the other people they may need for some advice or some direction. And then those steel targets, you can turn around and use those for IPSC matches mm-hmm. and three gun I matches. I have seen a lot of our yeah. steel challenge 18 by 24s become hardcover at IPSC matches for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, like using them at, uh, at, at, at that that can be like the tip of the tip of the spear for uh, mm-hmm. for action shooting at a club is uh, start with shield steel challenge. It's all set. It's all very rules based, and then start using those targets for other stuff too. Absolutely, yeah. if if you got them, use them. Nice. Mm-hmm. Got to get that money back. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty quick. <laughs> those targets last a long time. Yeah. yeah. Anyone else have any questions? No. What's the big match at BTSA this year? Uh, so for the last six or seven years, BTSA has been hosting the Canadian National Steel Challenge Championship. So that match has gone from kind of like a half day, 40 shooters. Um, I want to say we were up to about 130 guns last year, hoping for 160 wow. this year. Um, Vortex has been really good to us the last few years. There's some big optics on there, some 50% off everything prizes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're trying to get the prize table stocked right now, but we've had uh, some lovely people step up. So there's going to be some some uh, grips from Locke and um, some stuff from Forge and Facet, the guys that are jewelers and gunsmiths. And I know I'm forgetting one, and it's killing me right now. Who is our third who is signed up? I'm going to have to go to the list here. I do not want to forget this. Gotta have, gotta support your sponsors, right? Ah, uh, Tandem Cross, Tandem Cross is oh, cool. some stuff as well. Oh, um, cool! Nice. Yeah, so we've, they've we've got some a- really cool stuff for the GSG 1911 22s, and for, like, of course, for 1022s as well. Mm-hmm. And and they got some Ruger pistol parts now, yep. and some nice mm-hmm. range bags. Um, so yeah, we've had some some great response from some sponsors. Still looking to get a couple more online to fill out that prize table. Um, we like every person to come who or to uh, who comes out to be able to walk away with a little something. Um, last few years, we've done everything just on random draw. When you arrive, hey, here's your number. Great, here's your prize pack, um, and then you got that stuff with you at the match. Um, we haven't done placement based for a number of years. Um, just just to make sure that everybody's got kind of an equal shot at it. There's a pretty wide disparity of skill in our sport right now, um, especially as, you know, there's only a couple of ranges in Alberta running it right now. It can be a little hard to get your hands on the steel. So the people that are able to practice, obviously, have progressed very quickly. Um, people whose time and, and range access don't allow takes a little bit more. Um, but the nice thing is the competitions are split out by um, category. So if you're a junior, you're competing against the other juniors or a lady. Um, or a senior or a super senior, as well as the people with a similar classification. So it's not, you know, a junior C-class pistol shooter shooting against the national champion. You can compare your scores, um, but the awards are recognized by category and division. Cool. You're muted, Dave. Oops, I like random prizes as well because some some people tend to not be too nice when there's a lot of money on the line and it's, it's... People just tend to be a little more sportsmanlike when it's, uh, you know, just random luck of the draw and you get your little your little medal. Yeah, it's certainly a, a sport that's got I've always kind of likened it a little bit to, to the way you see curling in the Olympics. Right. Like you call your own errors. 
Um, people are pretty honest about what it is. Yeah, if you thought you hit a target and the RO disagrees, we're just going to go and have a look at it. We don't we don't have to get into a big thing about it. Um, and it's a it's a family friendly environment. It's it's not there. Nobody's winning a car here. Um, <laughs> so somebody might randomly get a gun, which is great. In fact, uh, the last time we had a gun to give away, uh, I think that was from Browning Winchester. They had one of those Wildcat rifles. Um, and fortunately, it was a it was a youth shooter who won it, um, and was just absolutely over the moon. And that little cool. thing's run run great since then. Nice, awesome, fabulous. So you can uh, nationals. That's on practice score, obviously. Yeah, it's going to be on. It's on practice score now. It's uh, tail end of July, I believe. I always get my numbers mixed up month to month here. Um, it's the twenty second and twenty third of July. Um, you do have to be a Steel Challenge or USPSA member. It's a joint membership. Uh, you can find that online at scsa.org slash join. Um, and then um, hopefully we'll send you home with a prize that's worth at least as much as you paid for the membership there. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, out to BTSA, we're running. Um, it's a half-day format, so you'd shoot all eight stages in the morning. And then if you have other entries you want to make, there's no limit on the number that you can make other than the number of sessions available. Um, so there's eight in the general. Um, you could shoot two in morning, two in afternoon, Saturday and Sunday. And if you really wanted to get some more in, we can probably get some people in on staff day as well. Um, shooting all 13 is a little bit exhausting. Um, but <laughs> hey, if, if you're game for it, we can find a way to slot you in for that. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dan, for coming on and telling us pretty much everything about uh, Steel Challenge and how to get into it, how to get a club into it. Uh, I think I think we should see some more around Canada. Oh, that would that would make me very happy. If anybody needs a, a hand getting something set up, um, feel free to reach out. You find us on Practice Score. There's a, a contact email on there, um, and we'd be happy to help you guys get something set up. Fantastic! Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, Dan. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Thanks again to Dan to come uh, for coming on to talk to us about Steel Challenge. If you have a match near you, definitely get out and give it a try because it uh, sounds like a lot of fun. And we have some letters which I can uh, I can take care of. First one's, uh, hey, guys, what's your take on used gun prices in Canada? I've been watching CGN and gun posts regularly and constantly see used guns posted for almost the same price as new. Are people actually paying these prices for used guns or are there better places to look for used guns? Thanks for your input. Jonathan. They're not paying those prices. You are expected to bar- to negotiate on any used yeah. gun up to like, well, whatever you want. (laughs) So you, you might be able to negotiate a gun down by like 30%, 15%, something like that. That would be normal. Mm -hmm. Uh, You maybe even be be able to get even more. Generally people don't like low ballers, like doing 50% of the cost of the gun is, uh, is generally faux pas, but Hmm. who cares? Hmm. I had one a couple of years ago, a guy posted a, uh, uh, the hell was it? The, uh, the Russian semi-auto STG 40 and not the STG 40. Whatever the Russian World War II SVT-40. SVT-40, thank you. So he posted it, and uh, he posted it, like, way above retail because retail had just dropped by several hundred dollars. So I posted him, like, 10 links from different different stores selling it for like $200 less than he was. So he uh, dropped it by 100 bucks and threw in two M91s. (laughs) Nice. 
<laughs> so I got M91s for like 50 bucks. So yeah, you can often negotiate it down. People yeah. do, like Adriel said, people yeah. expect you to. And you never know. I mean, if you put it out for retail, like sometimes you see Tavor's on there and you're like, what? Yeah. Like that's like 500 bucks over retail. Sometimes the guns are just not available in stores. So people that are mm -hmm. desperate will get it. The shipment sold out. Yeah. And sometimes and then, if you see back to top a bunch of times, yeah, just offer the guy less and see if he take it if you really want the gun. Well, it's like buying anything used. You're, you you got to know your, your price range and what, what stuff is actually worth. And yeah, there are people who, especially on the heels of a ban or approaching a ban, they're going to try and get as much as they can and hope that someone just doesn't think and really wants it and will pay it. Yep. And some people just, it's like buying a house sometimes too. People think their stuff is worth way more than it is. Yeah. Overvalue. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, next we have hello. The discussion site is a great idea. Uh, watch out with discord. They monitor activity, sensor servers and ban users. Alternative is gilded, almost identical, but free from intervention so far. That's from Chris. We have a discord server up now. Yeah. We do. We're Are we all banned? Uh, no, don't sell any guns or anything like that on no. there. You can link to a gun on sale. You just can't yeah. directly sell a gun. Yeah, you can link. You can link to your CGN thread where you're selling a gun as well. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no actual brokering deals over Discord. Share contact info uh, and yeah. There's a couple of like really like Kyle added uh, some of the channels in there are really good. There's show topic ideas. Oh yeah. People can yeah. give us show topic ideas there. We don't yeah. have to think about them ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I thought about last night, we were talking, to, we always end up talking about doing a cookbook or something like that. So I put a channel in there, food porn, so we can share what, well, everyone can share what they're, they're cooking and everything and kind of, there's your oh, ongoing deal. Cooking. Cooking. Mm -hmm. Hold on. I'm just going to log in and delete my post. One second. <laughs> 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 Okay, uh, so that we mentioned the Discord, uh, do we have any Instagram or uh, YouTube comments? We have three YouTube comments. So we starting off, we have Redleaf Rimfire. It says, Travis is a phenomenal guy. His boss gear products are top quality and work extremely well. Really appreciate everything he put into last weekend. Oh, nice. And uh, Tony says... I will see Adriel at BTSA. Hopefully it is not snowing in September. Also, there is no way I am not getting in this time at his own range. And then he goes on, uh, God, I love the RDSC. If you open their store page for any pistol, you will see their statement. Restricted to law enforcement and military use only. Our current liberal government has arbit arbitrarily decided that you, a licensed law-abiding civilian are no longer responsible enough to own such firearms. Canada has fallen. So. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Uh, if you go to our website, you'll find a Cabela's link on the side. And if you use the link, you're supporting the show when you make a purchase. And uh, I guess we have a list of stuff that was bought in April. Uh, two Primo's Tightwad Turkey Choke Tubes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lyman pistol uh, bleacher block, Lyman A zoom blue value packs, and a Range Max tactical gun case combo. Which 
I didn't know those bleacher blocks were a thing. It's just a loading. It's a loading block. It's a stacked one, like a bleacher. You guys ever seen one of these things? I'm gonna I'm gonna mm-hmm. share my screen. Uh, 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 that's what it is. This isn't like oh. bleaching, is it? Oh, thank God. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> that have to re- have any relation to the post you had to delete? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, I mm. plead the fifth. I know we're not in America, but I. Uh, it's kind of neat. Why are they? Mm. Why are they stacked like that, though? Well, I, I guess allows for a smaller closer. footprint. Uh. Yeah, you could put them closer together, and they're still easy to pull out. I guess. Okay, that's what she well, says. Um, <laughs> I know that I know yeah. that somebody used our uh, used our link to buy a couple other things. We'll see if they show up in May. A couple GPS okay. units. Did I get to every? Uh, there's a Bushnell Engage nice. rifle scope, a Cochlins plasma flex lighter. Plasma lighter. What's that? They uh, do like a cross electric thing yeah. instead of uh, flame. Uh, and they're fun yeah. to like shock people with. <laughs> <laughs> so you've heard. <laughs> so and, I've heard. Uh, and the last item was an Abro stock triple wedge shooting rest. Awesome. Nice. Well, thanks, like a, everybody. like a wedge thing that you put under the back of the buttstock of the rifle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Appreciate yeah, everybody so using, uh, the, uh, using the link. That's awesome. Thank yeah. you. Um, and so if you'd like to support the show, you can do so through uh, Patreon and Player, the new Player. Player <laughs> for the new name for Gitreon. Uh If you'd like to email the show, we'd love to read your letters uh, live at slamfireradio at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm just going to do that. <laughs> Uh, does anyone have any shout-outs tonight? Dave, Mo's supposed to be the Quebecer. He's supposed to do that 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 whole, whole, whole part. I think that was a France French more than oh, a uh, Quebecois <laughs> French. Uh, my um, shout-outs are to the uh, other Maple Seed instructors. Uh, I've got a couple of recommendations as well for YouTube videos. Uh, MRE Steve didn't die. So his last video one year ago was him eating a, a really bad oh. PLA ration that like had gone bad. And everyone had thought he had died. <laughs> oh, wow. so got sick from it, but uh, he's back. He did two more videos on uh, a couple of new MREs. Uh, and then yeah, he in like old MREs? No, the Chinese, oh, he eats super old stuff, but the, yeah. the Chinese stuff was new. <laughs> he's eating <laughs> stuff from like the 40s and like Ooh. hardtack from like like 100 years old. And he's he, no problem with that. But that, that new PLA one just about killed him. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a recommendation for uh, the uh, Ian Runkles just put out a video on the C21 amendments. Uh, go get that, give that a listen or a watch or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Dave or Kyle. I'd like to shout out uh, Kevin and Tammy, the uh, president and I believe treasurer for the uh, Cavern city action shooters. So at the time that they're putting in to organize these events and working with the town to get the bays so that we can go out and shoot. So thank you guys. And they got the steel challenge going. So nice. shout out to all my people at the ORA, all our members that have been coming out to events. We got a full deck this year. So really looking, really looking forward to seeing everybody out and all of our uh, executive and council and staff members and blah, 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 everyone involved in running the whole thing. Thanks. 
Uh, before I do my uh, shout out, uh, Kevin gave us show suggestion, a cheapskate gun review for us poor folks. Adriel basically does like a <laughs> cheapskate segment every show. So definitely, <laughs> I mean, if he'll, if, if he'll buy a high point, he'll buy anything. So, I mean. Adriel is the wish is the wish.com of the firearms community. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my, my shout out is pretty general. Just all the people involved in the shooting sports, like setting them up and encouraging others like our, like our guests tonight, Dan, I think it's like really important that people get out there and have fun shooting. So absolutely. And one thing I would say about cheap guns is buy the best gun you can afford and then mm -hmm. put the best optic mm -hmm. on it you can afford because you will never regret buying. Actually, that goes with anything. Same with tools, same with cars, same yeah. with anything. buy the best that you can because you will never regret. Well, you regret it once, but you won't regret it later down the road. Yeah. So buy the best you stuff you can. You'll, you'll regret right. it less than if you didn't buy it and you need it. Mm. Yeah. I think when it comes to optics, I'm in like 100% agreement. When it comes to guns, there are a couple of cheap guns. That's Savage Axis over here oh. that I paid yeah. $2.99 for or whatever on, on rebate. Doesn't go bad. It kills stuff. I, 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 I've hunted with better bolt-action rifles. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true for hunting. Yeah. For pistols? Yeah, yeah. A shadow two or, or higher is, is always you're you're gonna get better with more money as the higher you go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wife aggro. <laughs> <laughs> you just need one of your buddies to come tank that thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so join us on our Discord server. Uh, check us out on Gunners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. Watch us on YouTube and play your play your play. I'm gonna the, do that every time you say that. I'm okay, I gotta stop saying it. That uh, enjoy <laughs> the CCFR. Very very important. And see you next week. Later, see bro. you next week. See you next week. Good night. Good night, Kelly. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.